Thank you for joining us for this sermon podcast from the Congregational Church of Needham United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're invited and welcome. This sermon for Sunday, January 24th, 2021, is entitled, Thy Will Be Done. It's a reflection on the second half of the story of the prophet Jonah, from the book of Jonah, chapters 3 and 4. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to learn more about our open and affirming ministry at the Congregational Church of Needham, simply head over to our website, www.needhamucc.org. Thank you. Then on the beach, the word of the Lord came to Jonah again, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great and sinful city, and proclaim there the message that I will give to you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was a vast city, some three days walk across, and it was filled with every kind of vice. In fact, the people of Nineveh were so accustomed to the sin in which their city steeped, they scarcely noticed anymore. In fact, many had taken to calling their vices virtue and vice versa, and they taught their children to do the same. Any who did notice soon fell into despair and silence, believing themselves unable to make a change. The city and the systems were simply too large and the issues too entrenched, any real solutions too complex and costly. And those who suffered most were consumed with just trying to survive. Nineveh, the city, thrived after a fashion, while Nineveh, the people, withered away. As he walked into the heart of the city, Jonah cried out continually to the right and to the left to any who would hear, hear, O Nineveh, hear the word of the Lord, maker of heaven and of earth and your maker. In 40 days, sinful Nineveh will be no more. The Lord commands justice and mercy and humility, yet you do not listen. Already you are well down the path of destruction. Soon God will lay hold of your city by the corners and shake it out like a filthy garment. Your lives will be ripped out by the roots and your sinful ways utterly erased. The world as you know it will be no more. Hear the word of the Lord. And to no one's surprise more than Jonah's, the people of Nineveh did hear. They heard and believed the word Jonah declared among them, and they stopped. They stopped what they were doing and how they were doing it. They stopped buying and selling and using and abusing the good gifts of God, their resources, their neighbors, and themselves. They stopped, and they entered into a holy fast of reflection. And everyone, rich and poor, put on burlap and marked themselves with ashes as a sign of their repentance, their desire to change for the better, for all, for good. 
even the king of Nineveh, when the word of the Lord reached him where he sat in his ivory tower, surrounded by courtiers who never, ever told him anything he didn't want to hear, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, and covered himself with burlap and sat in ashes, praying for mercy and for change. Then he ordered that a royal proclamation should be made throughout the city. By the decree of the king and the royal court, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall eat or even taste a morsel of food, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with burlap and marked with ashes, and they shall cry aloud to God. We all shall turn from our evil ways and from the violence that is in our hearts, the blood that stains our hands, the apathy that clouds our minds, and the history that has brought us here, and the unjust privilege some enjoy as a result, and the oppression of others. And who knows? God may just relent and change their mind. If we heartily repent of our sins, God may repent as well and turn from their righteous anger so that we do not perish. And indeed, though the great city of Nineveh was turned upside down and inside out and the lives of all who resided therein utterly changed, their sinful ways erased they were not destroyed. But this was very displeasing to Jonah. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, no, 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 no. Isn't this exactly what I said while I was still at home in my home country? Isn't this why I tried to flee to Tarshish in the first place? For I knew then, O oh God, that you are gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, ever ready to relent from punishing. You never intended to destroy this simple city, did you? So now, dear God, please go ahead and kill me. For it is better for me to die than to have to live with what you've done, or rather not done, to this sinful people. And the Lord pushed back and asked Jonah, But forty days have come and gone, and sinful Nineveh is no more. The entire city has been transformed, their evil rooted out, and all who live here have repented of their sinful ways, just as I said. What right do you have to be so angry? Well, yes, replied Jonah, technically that's true. But you know that's not what I thought you meant. And you know that's not what I meant when I said it. Three days in the belly of a fish and three days walking across this cesspool of a city with only my trust in you to lean on. And what do you do? You end up making me look like a fool. 
walking up and down day after day, announcing not the end of a world, but the end of the world, the end of their world, their end, and well-deserved it would be. But now 40 days later and nothing. I swear, if it were up to me, oh, God said, I wouldn't call grace powerful enough to save an entire city nothing exactly. And I didn't realize this was about you. Exhausted and exasperated and utterly undone, Jonah left the city and went out on the hillside to sit down to wait to see what, if anything, would happen, fearful what might, infuriated that it probably wouldn't. As he sat, he stewed, and he rehashed the sins of the city and rehearsed his grievances and nursed his wounded pride and a growing numbness inside. While he sat there, a bush grew up and gave him shade saving him from the discomfort of the desert sun, at least. And in the midst of his pity party, table of one, Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when the sun came out, rather when the sun set at the end of that day, a worm came and began to gnaw at the bush so that overnight it withered and died. And in the morning, a hot wind arose and the sun beat down on Jonah's head until he was fairly faint. In a rush, in a flood of tears, it all came tumbling out. How could God let that bush die? In his anger over the loss of the shade bush and everything else, Jonah again cried out to God. You know, I wish I had died in the belly of that fish, he cried out, to which God replied, you mean the fish that I sent to save you in the midst of your own sin? Jonah grumbled and wept, clutching the dried out husk of the bush. God went on. What right do you have to be so angry about that bush? You were so concerned about one small shrub, which you did not plant or water or nurture. It simply sprouted up one day and perished the next. And yet this entire city is brought back from the land of death. And you're angry? Should I not be more concerned about Nineveh? in which there are more than 120,000 persons whom I have made with my own hands, not to mention all the animals, all of them, like my very own children, beloved, lost children, who are only just beginning to understand my will and my ways. But, but you said, Jonah stammered, I know what I said, Jonah, and I know what you thought you heard. I know my own will, and I know yours, and the difference between the two. Do you? I ask you, when you pray, O prophet, whose will is it that you pray will be done on earth as it is in heaven, yours or mine?
Do you wish to be right, to be thought right by your neighbors, strangers, even your enemies, especially as they suffer each and every well-deserved consequence of their poor choices your little heart could hope for? Or do you wish to do right, my right, my will, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with me regardless? If you do, you will set aside your own narrow interests and seek instead my larger will, my larger heart, the largest which desires abundant life for all whom I have made and for you. And then you will be like my angels in heaven who rejoice over just one who rejects the sin systems and sovereignty of sin, who even just tries to make a change, to turn back, to do good. Then over 99 self-righteous persons, even prophets, who think they need no repentance at all. Truth be told, Jonah, I too weep over the loss of this bush. How much more then should I rejoice over this whole city of my children who, like you, have heard my hard truth and believed and received my amazing grace for themselves? This is the justice I choose. That is my grace, and that is my will. Do that. Do good, regardless. And with that, like a thundercrack, Jonah's heart, Jonah's heart was overthrown, turned inside out and upside down. Squinting against the brightness, tears of understanding rolling down his dusty cheeks, Jonah lifted his head and prayed once more with a contrite heart. Oh God, remind me to be an instrument of your wholeness. Let me show love where there is hatred, healing where there is injury, harmony where there is discord, trust where there is cynicism, hope where there is despair, truth where there is falsehood, and justice where right relationship has been torn apart. May I seek to console even as much as I seek to be consoled, to understand as to be understood, to love as to be loved, to do right, rather than simply to be right. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying to the sinful ways of the world that we rise to your way and to your eternal life. Thy will, O Lord, be done. Beloved, if you have heard the word of God preached here this morning, remember to give all honor and glory to our one God, creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. Amen.